of the many characters who appeared in Street Fighter V's story modes, but never on its main roster, we've chosen five who we think should get a shot at being playable in Street Fighter VI. Also, Catalyst takes us through three specific issues with SF5's netcode that he'd like to see fixed, all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Green, with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Mm, how's your new year going? Have you, uh, have you been going to the gym more often and looking at dirty pictures less often? Mm, maybe reverse those and yes. Exactly. Right on. Just embracing so. <laughs> 2022. I hope everybody's new year has been going well. I've been trying to be uh, diligent with changes and things like that. But, you know, you know how those are. We're still in the first two weeks, so I'm doing well. All right. Uh, yeah. I am. I am uh, when I get mad, like I said, I, I do a, a bunch of push-ups and stuff uh, when I'm playing uh, Street Fighter Five. So it's uh, I continually am getting in better shape because I get mad a lot at that game. <laughs> but certainly, <laughs> certainly, we're not going to talk about anything that's going to get our audience angry today, John. Oh, Everyone guess what? Uh, plot twist. Yeah. We probably will. Now, look, uh, uh, we've been talking a lot about Street Fighter Six because it's it's unofficially on the horizon, and it's what people are wanting to talk about. Man, people are engaging with our Street Fighter Six specifically. Uh, character discussions and who should be there, who shouldn't, stuff along those lines. And so I wanted to continue to carry that baton a little bit further today. I was thinking about it, and this is something that's popped up to me a handful of times over the course of Street Fighter V. There's a lot Uh, of... John, just before you get going, I want to remind our audience to slip not the like button or psycho crush it if they don't mind. Psycho crush. Oh, psycho social yeah. and psycho. Cr- psycho I get social. it. I, I literally, the first time I heard that song, I thought it said psycho crusher over and over again. And I'm like, this is the best song. Now I want to hear that version yeah. of the song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you were saying, John, my, uh, my Taya, Taya, slip not around the like button and, uh, Anyways, uh, yeah, so this week I, I've been going through Street Fighter V's extensive story, uh, which there is, of course, a Shadow Falls, there are all the character background stories, and then there is also um, some extra bonus content on the Shadowloo CRI website, and there's a lot more story, I would argue, to this game than I think there has been in a lot of the other entries, maybe um, more than any of them, and there are a lot of characters that, of course, do not pop up on the character select screen, and, and when that happens, anytime, especially as we're like contemplating who's going to be the next dlc that's of course exhausted at this point with the game but um, we're like oh man they've they've either made like a playable version of a character in a shadow falls not a playable but like a working functioning character that you fight against um, or they just pop up in some of the artwork and things along those lines but there's other characters that have either been around or look super intriguing as a possible um, playable fighter in the future and so i've grabbed five such characters who are not available to play in street fighter 5 but I think should get their time in the spotlight now that they've been sitting on the bench for an entire game. Um, some of which have never been playable before, some of which have been playable before, but I'm going to dig into this. And uh, the first of these is none other than Sea Viper. She's probably the easiest one of this group to pick. Viper has been a very popular character. She was introduced in Street Fighter Four. And she is, she's the waifu, she's got some pretty awesome powers, whether it be her electric gloves, her fiery feet, jet propulsion shoes, whatever they are. She's cool, she's, she's a hot, sexy waifu, a lot of people like her for her gameplay, for her appearance. And she's also pretty prominent in Street Fighter V's story, um, yeah. for what that's worth. She's the one that's talking to Rashid throughout, uh, in, a, in a very covert way, throughout his 
um, his story. She runs into Bison. She's uh, she narrates Bison's story for the most part. She's in Urian's story. She's in Jury's story. Uh, she interacts a lot with the characters of SF5 as they play through significant portions of SF5 story, and yet she's not actually available to play. Now this was much more of a Marvel versus Capcom style fighter as she appeared back in Street Fighter 4 and the likes of Latif and Wolf Crone really made us feel that. She was fun to watch. I did not love playing against Sea Viper. Yeah, I was just about to ask because, I mean, that's the biggest thing about, about Viper is that she's like a KOF. A lot of people called her a KOF character oh, uh, when she was first like King of Fighters. Um, but, you know, they kind of adapted that to more Marvel and stuff. And, of course, mm -hmm. she later showed up in Marvel 3. She did. Like, I know you didn't like fighting her. Now, I, I actually had no problem really with Viper overall in terms of like, I, I don't think it was a good matchup for Rose, but it was like her risk reward always felt really good to me because of her super high execution. But you just said you didn't like her. Why did you not like this character? Um, Viper's, one of her main things was just really ambiguous left-right mix-ups on your wake-up, which would sort of flow into themselves. And that really was a bigger part of the whole uh, vortex nature issue, I should say, of Street Fighter Four. Um, I would hope that they would attend to that sort of a thing if they bring her back in a future game. And I, no part of me thinks that they wouldn't. They've been focusing in and zeroing in on a lot of the issues that characters have presented because of either their particular issues or just that they they are, are part of a bigger problem, you know, just like overwhelming V-triggers or things along those lines. But they've been trying mm -hmm. to get rid of that stuff. They've been trying to get rid of option selects, vortex, um, overwhelming offense. And so I see this character, she's, like I said, spent some time on the bench, and I think that's good. But a lot of people would be happy to see her come back. And even those of us that had issues with her being so like, well, she had those burn kicks, right? And their left-right mix-ups. And she just felt like she was moving all over the screen a little faster in the air than the average Street Fighter character would. And so it's like hard to defend against that sort of a thing when, again, she feels like she's coming from another game um, and gets like the, the bonuses and the movements of being in like a, a Marvel game or something like that. So it's not that she's a Marvel character, but let's make her feel a little bit more like a Street Fighter character while still retaining all of the things that people really like about her. And in, uh, as I was getting at, even someone like me, who I didn't really like the character, I didn't really like playing against her, I can appreciate that she's cool and all that kind of stuff. I'm ready to have Viper come back in another game. Um, she was very prominent in SF5. Why not bring her back for SF6? I think that would make a lot of people uh, want to buy the game. Yeah, I'd love to see her back. One of my favorite characters, actually. Um, it's, um, it's, she's pretty high up there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the next one is a character that has, I think, just been invented uh, as of Street Fighter V. You know, when Falk came out and we got her, there was a lot of negativity surrounding her and her all this stuff. But when we got to her story, all of a sudden, a whole nother conversation popped up, and it's popped up a few times since. There's just one single image of what's called Neo Shadaloo. Neo Shadaloo is a four-person or four-figure uh, group that after Bison has been defeated, these four characters that were under Bison's control now are heading out to uh, basically negate some of the effects of, of Bison. And anyone that's been affected by him, they want to help those people out. There's four characters. Ed's the leader, and of course we know Falk. Then there's one character that has this hat, and we don't know what his name is at all. And then there is a giant gorilla, or, or uh, yeah, a big gorilla, named Baba Malimu. And uh, he is one of these characters. He is imbued with bison's intelligence and or intellect, and has some kind of a psycho power. Whatever that's going to manifest as, I don't know. But Baba Malimu would be an awesome character. He has captured uh, audience's attention with a single image multiple times. I remember when G was revealed, uh, people were like, 
is he connected to the the gorilla G and for gorilla and things like that? And like the point is not that that's a very strong connection. It wasn't, and it didn't manifest to be anything. But like people went to this character when G was revealed, and I think he's come up once one other time. Um, uh, the director of Street Fighter Five kind of gave us a little bit of extra information on him more recently, and that we did a story on that, and that kind of took off. People were really engaging with that. Point is. This is a character that people are interested in, again, by a single image. And we don't have a ton of, of characters like a big hulking gorilla. You know, you have your Zangiefs, you have your Blancas and, and such. And then, you know, you go into other games, like uh, the first place that my mind goes, of course, is Injustice 2, where you got Gorilla Grodd, who's like a telekinesis using telekinesis, Kyle. Shout out to Tenacious Defense, uh, using Gorilla, who's like more of this sort of like beast from X-Men feel where it, it, it's, you know, you'd think, oh, big, strong, primal beast. But no, he's actually very intelligent and stands upright and sips his tea with his pinky out. And, uh, you know, that contrast has always been fairly interesting. It's a it's a right. pretty common character. Throughout. The gentle giant. Yeah. 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 And, well, yeah. the intellectual gentle giant, too. Mm -hmm. So and, and you could do so much with this. Can't you imagine? It's like, does he do rolling attacks like Blanca? Well, maybe. Maybe he's more of a brawler. Maybe he's like like a, a grappler. Sure. Maybe he's not. And and there's so much you could do with it. Um, but like a psycho power yeah, gorilla. Yeah, that's where I was going to go with you. Like, did you have any kind of like stuff envisioned for his moveset? Because to me, I, I I like the character design, but like where a character like this would really shine, if you're going to put a, you know, an animal into the game like this and have him fight like, you know, Kuma from Tekken or something like that, you've got to make their gameplay fairly different. And I wondered if you had any ideas to like really accentuate like their animalistic qualities and stuff and make them a, like a fighter in that regard. You know, so. I, uh, when I went on my honeymoon, I went to uh, Universal Studios in Florida and they have a whole ride there devoted to Kong from the Peter Jackson Kong um, movie and uh, you know the way that that gorilla moves is like it's visceral it's fun to watch him fight and he's fighting yeah. T-Rexes and such but it's so primal they could go that direction where uh, maybe you know what would be really cool is like again with that whole like sort of beast from X-Men the, the intellectual um, beast animalistic character is that he's mostly proper in most of his movements but when he grabs you or whatever maybe he picks you above the picks you up above his head like in a in a press and then just roars at the camera viciously and breaks your back over his knee and heaves you off pounds his chest and then goes straight back to like you know inquisitive doctored gorilla you know like something like that oh, would be really interesting yeah. and 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 um mm. and again you could do whatever you wanted with the character style like yeah maybe you're not going to make him like a, a a zoner probably not because right because just the physicality of him but uh i'm not going to say they should just be totally uh, uh cornered into making him a grappler or making him a brawler it's like maybe some hybrid maybe one or the other sure but i think there's a lot you could do and the people have shown that they're interested in this character more so than the other character who we know almost nothing about the the one with the hat in that same image um all we know about him is that his name starts with a g and that he can teleport so but we haven't got a nearly as much of like oh speculation about that character with the hat no it's all about the gorilla man there you go. Yeah, it's a. I, I think with a character like that, it would be very important that their their animations and and how they're you know an, uh, set up and all the moves and stuff like that just so important to nail. Yeah, like, to make it feel very satisfying with the character because it's just such a different thing than we're used to. And so, like for that to really resonate with people, it's got to have a lot of satisfaction in their move set. The, that mm -hmm. walk cycle we keep seeing on YouTube. Everyone loves watching fighting game yes. walk cycles. For a variety of reasons, but yes. Uh, it's how you can, yeah, yeah, exactly. I hope he has a super <laughs> sexy walk, uh, but also just that uh, it, it, we've only really had visual presentation of him so far, right? Uh, but that's such a huge part of fighting games and, and the, the reason why people will or won't love a character. So um, yeah, a lot of it would hinge on that. 
so number three here, this one was probably the hardest of the, of the group that I have here to convince, uh, myself that he belonged on the list but uh at the end i was able to and and i feel confident in it there i think this is going to be the one that people disagree with the most but we'll just see here and that is the warrior prophet from the beginning of nikali's story now before you click oh. dislike just hear me out please this character dislike it's too late. All right. So. Well, for the rest of you, please. Um, this character kind of narrates Nikali's story and he sort of sets us up, but he, he comes from as far as we can tell Nikali's time. It looks sort of Aztecian and he has some pretty badass uh, like armor on and, and like um, a spear made of like elephant tusk and some knives and things along those. I don't know if it's made of elephant tusks. In fact, that's bad. That's a bad thing. So maybe it's made yeah. of <laughs> not that, but made, you know, from the, from the jungle, from the animals, things like that. And he looks sort of like Tusk from Killer Instinct, you know? So like this warrior, Aztec warrior, clearly lends itself to being a fighting game character right at the bat. I don't think I need to sell anybody on that. But there's not much to him uh, beyond that, at least at surface level. He explains how Nikali goes after a handful of different figures. And I think it's like Ryu and, and M. Bison and such. And then at the end, Nikali actually comes after him. And that evidence is that, well, with whatever time frame he's currently in that means that nikali who who like kind of resurrects or pops up every so often and goes after earth's strongest warriors to consume them would go after this particular warrior he's on the level of the likes of ryu and m bison in terms of how good of a fighter he is so that's intriguing in and of itself um, but also nikali man the character flopped and you only have to watch about a half of one episode of this podcast or this show i should say to hear about that um, but the fact of the matter is he's got so much potential that just feels unexplored this character would give us some kind of an op would give capcom an opportunity to go back and maybe explore some of the things about nikali namely his story and and like where he comes from that we never got to see and as a former nikali main i guess i could call myself i've always sort of wanted to see that what is the mask of tlali or, or you know what is the sacrificial altar and the significance of it and what are the the ritualistic ceremonies that his moves reference things along those lines would be really cool and uh, this character does not have to play like Nikali. Although I will say, a handful of the character's moves, or, or, or Nikali's moves, like his command grab, he grabs you by the face and chucks you at the wall so you bounce off. Yeah. And then from there can do this cool version of, of the DP or he's got his slash, his berserker barrage uh, uh, super. The fact that he upgrades into this like super saiyan version, all of those parts are really cool. It's just the sum of those parts didn't add up to being very cool. Uh, but maybe, yeah. you know, we, we can revisit some of those or at least what made them and, and have them encapsulated in this new character that could be a little bit better um, better executed than Nikali. But I want to turn this over to you and ask, like, what do you think? First of all, do you even remember who I'm talking about? Do you remember? Yeah, I remember it? who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember what happens to the narrator in there. Like, do they get eaten or something he like gets, that? He or? gets eaten uh, by Nikali yeah, okay. at the end or, or yeah. like assimilated. And so you go, well, he's dead. Well, M. Bison gets assimilated and Ryu gets assimilated and Dalsam gets assimilated in that story too. So whatever. And yes, he takes place way in the past, but... This also sounds like, and I'll let you, I'll let you talk. But this also sounds, by the way, like this Aztec like location and, and time in history is where maybe the Satsui Noharo started, which that yeah. would be super intriguing too. They never covered that. It's like another chance to tell us where that came from. But anyway, you were saying. Well, there's a movie called Apocalypto 
um, which is really violent, really hardcore. And, you know, it's got some of the Mayan and I think Aztec culture and other stuff in there. And um, it's it's very hardcore. And I, you know, Street Fighter is more cartoon violence and stuff like that. But when Nikali eats someone, he kind of assimilates them into him. And so you could either have a, you know, a new set of warriors go after Nikali for being too, you know, violent, too crappy or whatever, and, you know, make that one the protagonist and have them, you know, have a kind of an evolved Nikali moveset in there or whatever. Um, there's so many ways of approaching this art, you know, Nikali ate someone in your pack mandem and, and now after Nikali dies, like all of the warriors are released, but they're released in yeah. the present day. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. I love the Jekyll and Hyde pitch they originally had for Nicole. It was such a great idea and visually, again, so striking. There's a lot they can and should do. I hope in this next game. Uh, and of course, you know, with Street Fighter Six, I'm highly anticipating some uh, heavy ray tracing in the game. And if that happens, they'll be able to do some really cool stuff with the lighting, especially with some of the characters, where some of the characters just might have these beautiful reflections on them, and it just like you know, be some of the better uh, looking, you know fighting game stuff we've ever seen before mm -hmm. uh and, and that would be a character like nikali uh or who's so visually striking like him they might make a lot of opportunities to make one of the best looking characters we've ever seen so um you know if it's not nikali i'd love it for it to be like you know another aztec warrior maybe a noble one or something like that since we've got g as a bad guy and gil is a bad guy now we don't need nikali anymore um but like let, let's bring in another south american character you know or someone from that background because mm -hmm. it, it's such a great you know culture and other stuff that we could look at um I, I would love to see it. Yeah, I think it would be potentially really cool. And like I said, he lends himself so well to a fighting game. You know, he's, he's a warrior. Uh, he already knows what he's doing. Uh, I think you could do a lot with him. And and again, how do you how do you want to build the character? However you want, you know. But yeah. Nikali was a swing and a miss uh, for all intents and purposes. Maybe this is a chance to take one more swing at uh, a lot of the stuff that uh, a lot of his potential. And that brings us to the next character um, that sort of operates in a in a similar vein here. In that you know Fong was a swing and a miss, and uh, but maybe we could get a little something out of his potential. Uh, because in the, not in the game, but like I said earlier, in the Shadaloo CRI, there's these three little excerpt and take you all of five to 10 minutes to read them all, um, that are actually pretty well written, fairly intriguing. And, uh, it basically talks about how Fong post M Bison is out trying to, uh, to negotiate over some drinks, which it's funny because he's not affected by alcohol at all because of the way his body, um, it, you know, processes poisons and toxins and such, but he's out and he, he's on his way home in this like kind of seedy area and he's approached by this prostitute right and this prostitute says like hey do you want to come back for a good time now fong is also as it says in these stories not intrigued uh, and does not no longer has animalistic um inclinations so to speak because of the way his his body has changed for this toxin stuff but he follows her anyway John, just because you're he's saying intrigued. you're saying that you're saying fong doesn't want to Yes, that's that's correct. Okay. <laughs> thank you. I needed to have that spelled out for me. So thank you. Yes. Sure. But so it's like, what is he going for? He goes, he follows her back. She gets uh, undressed and then her brother pops out and uh, they're in this like little seedy rundown area. Her brother pops out and tries to basically blackmail Fong by taking some pictures okay. of him and saying, oh, we're going to, unless you give us some money. So Fong takes out two items from under his coat, a stack of money and a dagger with a, with some Chinese markings on it. And he throws them both down. He says, pick one. Now it also tells us unbeknownst to the characters that are about to pick that the Fong's poisoned this stack of money. So if they touch it, they will slowly die over a course of a few days, which means they'll also kill the people that they're interacting with after this. Or if they grab 
grab the, the dagger, he's going to cut their hand off. Whomever grabs the dagger will cut their hand off because it's a uh, sacred sort of like talisman from his um, assassin group. And that will just simply cause the legend of the dagger to grow because someone will have interacted with it, got their hand cut off and then tell all their friends, yeah, there is this dagger and it's got these weird Chinese symbols on him. And then I got my hand cut off as a result. Well, the guy has terrible character and he's just kind of telling his, his sister to get the money, but he's afraid and, and a loser. She reaches for the dagger, but she doesn't touch it. And then she looks up at Fong and she goes, I don't know what these mean because I'm not educated. And he says, they're ancient techniques for making poison. And she shows, she's fearful, but she shows this something or other in her eyes, this, this spirit of, of confidence or something that Fong, it strikes Fong. And he snatches up the, the money and the dagger and he leaves the, the teenage boy alone. And he says to the girl, follow me. You will become Phantom, my new apprentice. And she does. And that's where things end. Point is, Fong has an apprentice that he is training up. What do you want to do with this character, man? She's She doesn't have to have the same Fong mechanic, the damage over time thing, but she's got this awesome dagger and she's an otherwise blank slate. And again, potential to take what was a cool idea in Fong and maybe take another swing at it. Um, yeah. Now, how does this strike you though? Does, are you going no, like, I love nah, it. it's too it, far I, of a reach or? I, I wish this was in the game. You know, it's like a, you're, you're describing the story and I'm like, why isn't this portrayed in the game? Like yes. this would have been perfect for Fong's story mode. And, and but uh, I digress. Yeah, this sounds terrific. And and I, I, I kind of feel like when you have a swing and a miss with a character, it's best off to kind of move on to a character who maybe encapsulates that style in a different way. Right. Like it's like, oh, it didn't work. And and so uh, Fong's apprentice sounds perfect to me. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, it, maybe she's more rushed down instead of zoning. And she stuff. could and maybe be like. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking like maybe like a jury type moving character, you know, she's not mm -hmm. trying to, to zone or things like that. And, and maybe she does have DOT uh, and maybe she's mm -hmm. got, well, she's definitely got that, that dagger, right? And maybe that dagger puts poison on people. Maybe she only uh, accesses it at certain times, or maybe she can lose it like Cody's dagger. Um, maybe it only affects other people's meter or stun as opposed to their life bar. Who knows? But the point is I read this story and I got goosebumps a couple of times. Uh, so it's like, dude, you guys have set up this awesome character. Let's, let's explore more. And again, another mm -hmm. shot at Fong. Yep. Um, that brings me to my final character of this list. It is the character that when you boot up street fighter five for the first time and you are forced into this tutorial yep. mode, it's the first one you see in here. It's Goken. Goken, mm -hmm. uh, sat on the bench for street fighter five. Fair enough. But man, this is Ryu and Ken's master. And given who Ryu and Ken are in Street Fighter, it's like, that's a big deal in and of itself. He's also Akuma's brother and Akuma's main competition. It's like, that's pretty cool too, guys. It's like, okay, you don't have to have him in every game, but like, you could bring him back for another one. And just based on who he is, I think that's enough to, uh, of an argument to, to give him a roster slot. But what do you think about that? One of my favorite characters in the entire franchise. Uh, Goken, Shang Long is, is is the stuff of legends, you know, kind of thing. Even before you and I were friends, like I still loved Goken, you know, kind of thing. It's like a, he's just a great character. Uh, almost, in my opinion, not a non-negotiable. It's one of the biggest misses in Street Fighter V that he was not on the roster. Hmm. Uh, maybe they couldn't quite figure out what to do with him. You know, Fireball characters really did struggle a lot in that game. Um, there's a lot of reasons, I think, why Goken didn't make it, but I think 
don't know if there's a valid excuse why he didn't make it because he just should be in, in pretty much every fighting game because it's like even if he dies he's still coming back right so <laughs> <laughs> he can only die so you know it's like you can't kill this guy so he's just got some pretty strong and, plot armor yeah, yeah. So. so i mean it's a yeah it, it, it's a goken should be there he should be a non-negotiable if you ask me. Well, what I would argue in terms of why he wouldn't show up in an SF5 or why they chose not to is because, you know, okay, so I played a lot of Gokan and I played on Wednesday Night Fights. So people, when we, people would talk to me about the character and they would often share their appreciations for the character and, and maybe why they didn't play him. And what I heard so many times was that like, I started playing this character, but he did not click for me. There was something, uh, Mm -hmm. he had some kind of a barrier that most players, when they picked him up, just, it didn't click long enough to encourage them to stay with him. Something like that. But then when they saw him played at a high level, they're like, he's so cool the things that he does and and i and i don't know what was particularly cool about him like i have my own opinions i thought it was really fun to throw high fireballs and then when you catch someone follow it up to show that you were ready for it you know either with an ultra Mm -hmm. two or a rush punch things like that his counters were so sick counter into super was one of the most satisfying and entertaining things to do hot damn that was gonna be your firstborn's name his counter into super (laughs) because that's what you told us like the velociraptor yeah you're like i i have to name my first born counter into super and i'm like what if it's a girl it's like same thing counter into super she's getting that name so <laughs> wow i said that i'm glad that i didn't have a kid uh close to that time in my life <laughs> we would have held you to it so well uh, uh taking take backsies i'm just gonna name my kid goken uh so so yeah i i just he's a, he's a great character and um again maybe maybe some of the things that didn't work with him in sf4 that 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 feeling of barrier to entry that people might have felt they could fix that and and how they yeah. rework him for whenever he comes back but man ain't nobody's gonna be like oh goken well that was a wasted spot would it would you would you guys tell us in the comments if you would say that if you're a heartless soulless monster but i think most people would would appreciate goken yeah they've got to bring him back yeah, bring them back. So now, uh, really quickly, there are a bunch of other characters that could have been on this list. These were my choices. That doesn't mean they're the choices. So I'd be really happy to hear what you guys think. Um, some of the other ones that, you know, there's like Azam or Azam, uh, uh, who is uh, Rashid's kind of butler and, and handler kind of character. And he's often brought up. There's Byron Taylor, which I think we're all pretty fingers crossed that he doesn't show up. <laughs> Um, Abel is prominent through Street Fighter V story, but like as we talked about in a recent video, probably not one of at least your first picks, and it wasn't one of my first picks either here. Uh, there is, and there's, there's more than that, um, but there's one honorable mention that I will give here, and that is Sean. I personally am not a huge Sean. Like, I don't dislike him, but I'm like, oh man, when Sean? Uh, he's, like you've said before, widely a joke character even if that's not how he was originally intended but it does seem like a lot of people having seen him and sort of been teased in a sense by his presence in sf5 stories of course the the brother of um, laura and was a playable character in street fighter 3 a lot of people are like let's bring sean back so like you said i'd be okay with sean but maybe as a dlc a few a few seasons in or something but not so much as a launch roster character and i'm sorry sean fans uh, that's just how I feel. And you can tell me how you feel in the comments. All good. I'll still kick it with you if you want. Um, but there it is. Uh, those are my five characters that were in SF five story at some capacity who should, uh, get their shot in SF six. Boom. All right, John. Now I want to talk about this. I want to talk about 
three major problems with Street Fighter V's netcode that I want fixed. And these are recurring issues with the game. Uh, I play on a pretty good connection. I've got a strong PC. And yet these issues come up repeatedly, which makes me think that, that the, the way the game handles some of these things should change in the future. But before we get into it, I just want to ask everyone to leave a like on this uh, video if they don't mind. Slipknot the video. Cycle crush it if you don't mind. Um, it helps out the channel a ton. If but, you didn't see the previous uh, video where we explained the Slipknot thing, it's because their song Psychosocial, John originally mistook to hear, he heard Psycho Crusher, and uh, that's what that is, just so as you guys know. You need to replace John with her with everyone. Every Street Fighter fan heard Psycho Crusher. That song is called Psycho Crusher. It's not Psychosocial. So anyway, Slipknot, please rename that song to what it should be. But I'm going to try to keep from getting super technical here when I explain netcode issues. Uh, I do have a pro programming background, a Python programmer, stuff like that. So I know some of this stuff, but I'm going to lose everyone if, oh yeah, oh yeah, evil. Um, but anyway, I'm going to lose everyone if uh, I get into like too heavy of technical details. It's going to be more of a light discussion on it. Number Number one, number one problem I have with the game, shimmies with buttons. Uh, the bottom line is the game does not handle it well when players move back and forth and hit buttons from a close range. Uh, Street Fighter V decides kind of like how large or how not to make the input delay based on players' connections. And in this clip that we're showing here, uh, Cammy's crouching medium punch hits Rose two frames later in the input replay, which is just going into CFN, watching your replays without any kind of thing, versus the online version, which I recorded directly as it was happening. Uh, and, and you can see with the clip playing here, we've slowed it down since slow motion. But there's also here a graphic we're, we're going to flash up here that's easier to see. Two frames l earlier online that Cammy's crouching medium punch hit me than, it, than it, uh, it did in the replay and stuff. So two frames of input delay is generally not too bad when playing online, but the problem comes in when you start seeing leg spikes and such. And such. This tends to happen a lot when your opponent is moving frequently. Uh, shimmies are really effective in Street Fighter Five, and so you see quite a few late super prominent because of it. super prominent yeah. shimmies. I didn't I didn't even consider uh, shimmies to the capacity that I did while playing through all of Street Fighter Four. There were better options for the most part, and then all of a sudden Five comes out and it becomes an incredibly powerful tool because I think no no options like grab counters and things like that but yeah it's like rarely does a, a match or yeah a match go by where you don't see at least one or two shimmies. And if that is a dominant style of how your game is played, you need to code your net code to accommodate that a little bit better. And and so when I'm playing Dream King here, um, I, I told him to just do a lot of back and forth with Cammy. Cammy's got a really fast walk speed, hit a bunch of random buttons, and he consistently would lose some animation frames in the process. Or I get hit at funky times and places where I'm like, you know, half animated on my end and it just hits me, you know, the two frames earlier than I was. I'm like, ah, you know, it's it it becomes really hard to react to stuff. And when you have something that's really good and really hard to react to, it becomes a dominant way to play the game. And it just, it's like, okay, you've got to spend extra time on your netcode there and make sure that your netcode is keeping pace with what your players are doing. That is so important. If you've designed something to be a crucial part of it, it better be optimized to the hell online. And one of the ways that they could do that is it's very rare for when someone's you know uh, pressing forward or back to um, to to hold it the, the that input for just a single frame 
right? Yeah. Like usually they're going to be holding back or forward for a handful of frames. And so what the netcode could do is it could say like, okay, if you're holding forward, I'm going to assume that you're going to be holding forward for a few frames of time and kind of basically predict that movement for you and smooth out the animation a little bit more instead of going, okay, maybe you're only holding forward for a frame and maybe the game already does this. It just doesn't do a good enough job consistently with handling it. There are ways of coding your netcode so that it, it's actually imperceptible. Uh, some of the leg spikes that you will get if you code it in some of these ways and it can have drawbacks, but if you do it in the right way and test it enough, uh, test it up enough, like you can make this work. And it's something I, I've heard with other games that they've done, especially with rollback code. Again, it, it comes down to really predicting what the players are going to do and predicting it in very intelligent ways. Mm. I have a question because uh, I'm, and I'm coming from the corner of like, you know, the not too tech savvy, we're Nikali players, you know, group. So please, uh, but so when when someone's designing netcode for a game, uh, you know people talk about it to the level of like, well, make it better, make it faster. Is there sort of an approach that like kind of like the not a switch, but like you know we we can we can make the whole thing just generally better. It's faster. The the speed no. back and forth, no. that's not a thing. So when it's someone talks about possible. making. Yeah netcode better what they're really talking about is going into like the little nuances of the interactions like you're talking about here and basically tailor making them to be especially efficient yes that that is the definition of netcode and the only way to speed up internet connections like what you're talking about is literally to get a better connection which there's plenty of people in the fgc and i play plenty of them online where they really don't give two craps about their connection you know it's uh they they have not put in the time and other stuff in there and it's like you know and there's plenty who do right you know i i've certain certain people i played online and i you know daigo said this the other day he's like um you know, pc online is better than PC, ps4 offline you know, and it's like, yeah, if you've got your connection really dialed in, you know, that's where you go. And so for the people who are like, just make the netcode better, that's not a thing. Uh, you've got to make specific instances better. You've got to make the game handle them better. And that's actually the whole point of this video mm -hmm. is I kind of wanted to educate people a little bit more and get them a little bit more kind of looking into it. Like I said, not super technical, but yes. I mean, if I were going off of what people tend to, how they talk about it on social media and such, I thought Capcom just needed to turn up the netcode knob. And like, that's, yeah, that's the level of resolution <laughs> you often hear people talk yeah. about, like, make the netcode code better just yeah, do I mean, it in, in a way yeah i mean it's like you know optimize more parts of the net code sure you know kind of thing it's 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 asking for the same thing it's just uh maybe articulating it a little bit better is what people should be doing but and again the, be, the best way of doing that is often this is rollback code basically takes all the latency and takes it from instead of happening on the front end of things it happens on the back end mm -hmm. and and with that you want to do a lot of predictions on what you think players are going to do so co correctly predicting what a player is going to probably do will actually smooth out a lot of rough edges on your net code because it's like well if 99.9 percent .9 of the cases a player does exactly this and we just apply this rule to it it's like oh all of a sudden like even if lag happens in that spot it's going to be masked by really good netcode. When you have something like Shimmy in, in a game like Street Fighter V, that's a place where you can really hedge your bets. Exactly. And that brings us now to the second thing, and that is dashing. Uh, when characters have long-distance, fast-moving dashes, the game seems to have pro uh, trouble properly predicting where they're going to end up. And the example that we're showing here with Nikali, which is literally nothing but a dash with no attack happening, and you can see the game glitching out and going, ah! because uh, Nikali pops his V-Trigger. Uh, if that happens on PlayStation, you might as well just shut your console off because it can't handle it. Um, but uh, even on the PC, it's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. And, and 
Nicole just basically outright skips some of the animation frames for a moment. And in this game, when you are trying to correctly read against, you know, the dash, strike, jump, mix-up, losing animation frames and having them jank out for a minute is really disruptive. Mm. And it causes them to teleport. It, it's ugh. it's just, it's not a good look. And, and basically what you want to do to fix this is actually, uh, again, adjust the game's code to basically correctly predict where Nikali is going to be at and maybe even adjust how dashes work so that some of the animations aren't, like, just kind of like gonna cause the game's code to glitch out and and changing how dashes would work could be a problem in this game because it's like okay dashes have always worked this way since day one and now you're changing them up a little bit so maybe you know the the startup is a little bit more and the you know, the recovery frames are a little bit less or vice versa right that is a way of, of changing up how dashes work that could potentially make them not glitch out in this situation that could have repercussions on the gameplay but in my opinion that's a good repercussion to have because anything you do to smooth out the the gameplay online where most people are playing this game is a good choice to make and and so that's one way of solving it but i know people and i'm i'm talking to a player who you know prefers to play offline like you start talking about the offline competitive community there you start talking about changing dashing at this point in the game and people might go kind of crazy but i wondered how you felt about that john like what are your reactions to that uh, so you're saying change the way things work for street fighter 5 this isn't even for like the future oh. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, this this would be changing uh, not only the, how dashing works, but also optimizing the net code around it too. Doing a two-fold approach to basically make this, it would still be good. It would still probably have the exact number of frames, but just like where the recovery and startup and other stuff like that of the dash happens might be changed a little bit. I would have to see it put in practice and I would have to feel it in my hands to give you, you know, as, as good of an answer that I could. Um, my initial inclination right now is to say that's a bit much considering where Street Fighter V is right now, if it, if you change the way something like dashes feel and operate, even there's there is some buffer, there's some wiggle room there, but not a lot. And yep. that's like you know, certain V triggers are you know big problems still, and you can't just say, well, maybe they should just turn off a V trigger. It's like this is sort of in that kind of kind of camp at this point you know it's like it's possible I, I wouldn't write it off and but i'd like to see how it looks and feels in my hands before i can make that call um something as as integral and, and as common as dashing though it's like that's that's a pretty tall Big ask deal. so i have some reservations but i'm not going to flat out say no yeah, and that's how come I, I think Capcom's in the same camp as you. It's like they're like we could alter the, some of this stuff, but you kind of want that baked in from close to day one, and you want to make your you know your your game run so it runs well online, right? If you base your entire game around running online and running it well, that's a big deal. And so I I think it's this is something maybe they'll look at for the future, and not so much. Um, not so much like a current game, but it's still something I want them keeping an eye on because dashing has been a problem, I think, you know, uh, with most rollback code games. Like any any move that you have that moves you across the screen a, a heavy distance, if you haven't properly coded around it, it can cause a lot of issues. I got to say, like the most recent time I played um, heavily online was in a tournament and, and one of Luke's combos, the character I'm playing right now, one of his combos ends with um, a forward dash into a DP, um, as do uh, some of his, his corner situations where, where you're ending the combo with a dp uh, juggle and um just trying to hit that like in that tournament I, I i missed it and it was like i 
I did the input and I felt it and it felt right. You know, it felt, feels like what you're doing in training mode, but then you see it play out in front of you and it's, you know, it's just a frame or two behind, but that's all the difference in the world between finishing your combo and getting crush countered. And when it, when you get crush countered, that just deposits into your mind and you go, okay, now I'm playing with this little one, two, three, four frame delay. Now that affects every decision and every movement that I'm making. And it affects my confidence in my decisions and in my movements there on out. It's a really bad look. So if something like dashing uh, is where the issue is, as you're saying, um, and could get fixed, that would be amazing. But again, I'm looking for Street Fighter Six. I think the the experiment has been run with five. It's like let's just make things better in the future. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to our third and final thing. This one is is well documented, and that is mashing inputs and directions causing latency. Uh, this is something that you and Dream King actually did a full out article on, and then other players have you know complained about it and stuff. Um, but basically, mashing a bunch of buttons and joystick directions causes some real big issues with this game, and and the game gets stuck trying to capture all the inputs and and then sending them at a rapid pace. Uh, like through you know your internet like so if you if you inputted like let's say you know 40 inputs in like you know three seconds or something crazy like that like that's a lot to be sending through the pipeline and and, and you know your internet connection and, and getting reflected through on the other end and so my solution would actually be to have some kind of throttle in there where when it's clear the other player is just mashing like you know again using that example of setting like 40 inputs over like three seconds or something like that like you would basically dump the last like 20 inputs are uh, uh you know there's 20 of those inputs 30 of those inputs and only process the most current ones up to a certain threshold basically you would throttle how many inputs would actually come through and i know that the fgc is going like hey like you know don't ever you know drop inputs like don't ever have that happen and stuff like that and i understand that that can be a thing but the thing about it if those inputs aren't going to be a factor at all if those inputs are not going to be ever factored into the gameplay unless it's in a negative way of causing latency why don't you just throw those out in some situations where it's like if this is only going to cause problems like if you're on the ground like say your character's in the okazemi situation right and there's nothing you can do no inputs are going to matter at all until you get up to a certain point if you just basically disable or, or have those inputs throttled at that point in time where if someone's mashing like crazy and they're not factoring in like and you just throw them out then there's no loss. Like you don't lose anything at that point. No one's losing anything except for latency issues. I mean, and that, that would be a, like way a of... perfect world for sure. And you know more about all of this stuff and how it works than I do. But I've, you know, I've been around for a couple decades now. And in a lot of things like this that I would liken to, you know, what it would go into programming and then the all the, the ripple effects of all this, it sounds to me like some of these fixes, like I'm, I'm afraid of because maybe they're you know they fix one thing but they cause a whole bunch of other issues you know it's like the game zeroes in yes. yeah and then and i've heard you talk about programming before yeah. you know you like you cover one thing and that just opens up six other doors for crap to happen and yeah. uh but but yeah like i see that it's like so what does that look like like in the situation where there's a knockdown or maybe there's like a stun i mean people have been be able to predict when people are going to mash online and notice like the slowdown right when there's a stun or when there's a particularly dire situation a lot of times um regularly online players will stop their combo and let the person dp that they know that they're mashing out and then finish them off that way because it's more effective but um point is it's like every time you get into one of those situations does the game identify it and then go into this sort of special dropped inputs mode and then does that yes. drop inputs mode ever activate when it's not supposed to activate and what does that look like it just sounds like a lot of additional like hydra heads might be popping up after this one 
uh, that's well. Keep in mind that the game already does this in a lot of scenarios. That's what netcode is as a basis. Uh, not necessarily this exact example, but th the game will look at you know situations like um, you know Okazemi or rounds ending and other stuff like that, and either cut out inputs or do other things depending on depending on what's happening. That's a whole basis of netcode. But you're 100 percent right. Where if you do too many tweaks or you do them in the wrong way, the the unintended consequences surfaced, right? And that can cause a lot of issues. And, and as was footage we're showing here with, with Bison, who has maybe the most spammy V-trigger in the entire game because you just literally wiggle the joystick left and right and hit uh, crouching light punch and it'll do combos and stuff. Um, it, it's, a, it's a great way to kind of get things out there. It also is a great way to cause latency in the game uh, because of the way that the move animates. Uh, it's a combination of the, 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 the move animating kind of funky and then all the inputs that come through and, and damn, does that ever think that stupid V-trigger is one of the worst designed things in Street Fighter V, if not the hands down worse itself. It's really bad. And, and Capcom, uh, I don't often put them on blast because Street Fighter V is my favorite game, but that whoever designed that and left that in the game should be ashamed of themselves because they should have spotted that from the get-go playing on PlayStation and been like, yeah, we can't do this. We we need to rework how this move works. Um, and it's like like I said, it, this is mostly a Street Fighter Six thing because um, it, it's a lot of this stuff needs to go hand in hand with how the moves work and other stuff. But these are potential solutions here. It, this is really about talking about Street Fighter V's current set of issues and then like kind of what we want to see happen in the future because the game is probably done if we get a netcode update i would be shocked but we will probably get some balance updates and a few other things in there but what would be really upsetting to me is if this stuff is, is prevalent in street fighter 5 and it's prevalent in street fighter 6 i'd be like okay that's showing me you guys did not learn from your mistakes but also the community did not get out there and talk enough about what these specific issues are and so i wanted to make sure that we jumped on this today and like here here's specific issues and there's plenty more of them out there you know feel free to document them in the comments any Anywhere else, you know, uh, we'll be checking them out and trying to get this kind of back over to Capcom so that this stuff can get fixed in the future and we all have a better experience for it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, all fingers right. are crossed with something as as divisive as Netcode has been, but I am I am very uh, I'm optimistic because it's been six years now, happy 2022, since Street Fighter V came out and we've seen better performing netcodes from other companies and you know, Capcom's got some resources there and now their sights are set on making it good. I think things are gonna go well uh, next time around. Knocking wood, crossing fingers, all that stuff, but that's, that's where I stand on it. There it is. All right, y'all, that's gonna wrap us up for this week of the Event of the Podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for listening and we'll be back with you soon. See you later.